Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not a ton. Uh, it's minicamp week. It's exciting. We're going to get some uh, as close as we're going to get to real football until training camp uh, uh, information this week. So that's exciting to kind of see exactly where everybody is, especially when they're all together. It's you know, yeah. it's, it's one yeah. thing to see the rookies and the and, and their and the OTAs and stuff, but in minicamp, you at least get you know as close a look at uh, as as how this team is gonna is gonna be until we get to put the pads on at training camp. Yeah, so the Cowboys, I believe, started minicamp on Tuesday. I believe it was noon p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll talk about any news and notes that come out of that minicamp on Wednesday and Thursday. Yep. But today, Landon, we're answering your guys' Twitter questions, and I want to get right into it. The first one comes from Zach. Uh, how realistic is it for Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb to all go over 1,000 yards this season? Again, important to note that there's an extra game, so I do think that helps a little bit. Um, but do you think it's very likely that all three go over a thousand yards? It's it sure wouldn't surprise me. I mean, just kind of the pace that Dak was on th- throwing for last year, and 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 the way the ball was being distributed. I think it, you know the, the guy that you worry about is is Gallup of anything because he just did the number of targets, right? But the, but the thing is, is that Gallup is also the the deep the deep ball threat. So maybe he's, he's picking them up in chunks. I mean, I, I think there's a real chance. I mean, I, I, I think there's a good chance that Dak throws for well over 5,000 yards. I mean, just because that's kind of closer to what he was on pace well, for last year. Say, they Through five games last year, they were on pace for not only all the all receivers to get over a thousand yards, but I think all of them to go over 1100 yards. So yeah. uh, if Dak plays 15, 16, 17 games, I would assume it's more likely than not for that to happen, right? Yeah. I mean, I certainly would say I, I feel like if Dak plays 17 games, I feel it's it's a no doubt, no brainer that between yeah. the three of them, they will get 3,000 yards. Uh, I think the question is oh, I, each oh, of, more than that. I, more yeah. Than I that, mean, yeah, that's like a no brainer. I mean, it's saying that's the, right, that's the floor. Because last year, Mari had 1,100. CD Lamb had just under a thousand, and I think Michael Gallup was at like eight fifty. So you almost had it last year with four different starting quarterbacks and one fewer game. Yeah, so it really it just comes down to the distribution, right? Can all three of them manage a thousand yards? I feel pretty confident that they can, um, but you know we'll see. Um, one little quick question I have to ask you is: Mike McCarthy was speaking glowingly about uh, Michael Gallup today before the mini camp. He actually said that Gallup. Uh, it's taken a lot of slot snaps uh, during OTAs and minicamp. Is is that surprising to you? No, I mean, I guess it isn't because, you know, the, the other side of that is that uh, that means that they're going to, you know, get lamb on the outside more. And I think that, you know, if we had phrased it like, uh, 
you know, a, a CD Lamb might see more snaps on the outside than he had previously, and, and not just playing the slot. I, I mean, I think that the conclusion that you can draw is that 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 means that Gallup will be playing more in the slot. I mean, not necessarily exclusively. He's not. They're not like they're trading roles. But if you're moving these these guys around, that means that Gallup is going to have to start taking snaps inside as well, just to kind of facilitate that. I would agree. It, it just doesn't seem like that's his most natural position, right? Like, I, I think I'd rather have Amari in the slot. Like The other two are probably better be slot players, that's, right? That's like, why it's a little interesting to me. But, hey, we'll see if it works out for Dallas. Um, next question. Uh, this one comes from Brady. Of the next round of free agents for the Cowboys, outside of Michael Gallup, who we've spoke about at length, who should the Cowboys prioritize in signing between Connor Williams, Dalton Schultz, Dorrance Armstrong, Cedric Wilson, any of those guys you think they, they need to make a priority? Um, I mean, I'd like to see what Connor Williams wants to come back. I thought he played really well last year, um, and I'm interested yeah. to see what he does this year. Um, you know, all these guys, it's kind of like none of them are – break the break the bank type type folks right so you kind of want to see what the market like is for them. it feels like you're paying for middling talent right and that's not necessarily a bad thing like having having a left guard that's not a huge weakness is something that sometimes you do want to pay but i don't think you want to pay that guy eight to ten million dollars a year right no no yeah i mean i think it's all about you know what the market is for each of these guys and i think we'll have a better idea of what that is you know at the end of the season um, but I think that, you know, Williams is the, is, is the guy out of that list that to me kind of stands out. Um, Cedric Wilson, if he wants to come back on a, on a, on a cheap deal, I, I like him a lot. He's got an experience. He can do a lot of different things for you. Um, Schultz. Yeah. I mean, like it's, let, let's see what, what happens with Jarwin again this year. Like if, if Jarwin gets hurt again this year and then Schultz has to come in and, and, uh, and he continues to play like he did last year. Maybe Schultz is the guy that you need to kind of hold on to and, and, and wonder whether Jarwin is reliable enough to be kind of your first, your tight end one. The reason why I'm intrigued by keeping Schultz is look how long it takes to develop these tight ends. Yep. Right? Basically, we got two years of nothing out of Dalton Schultz before he became a, a reliable tight end, right? And you're hoping as he kind of grows and gets stronger and, you know, just gets more refined that he becomes an even better player. It's just really hard to find these guys if you're not spending a first round pick on them and then having them play right away. Like, I, I don't know. I look at like this year's draft, right? Like there was guys that went in the third round, like a Hunter Long, who I think is a a lesser prospect than Schultz. And it wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, you know, hit his ceiling until a second contract. So I'm just wondering if it's better off just to pay, let's say, four to five million, keep Schultz around and not have to worry about drafting and developing another tight end. You know, the Cowboys may be sick and tired of developing the rest of the league's tight ends for them. It's I mean, true. you know, I mean, think about how many guys they've done it with, right? Anthony Fasano and Martellus Bennett, right? Swain. I mean, it's it's happened over and over again. Yeah. I I, I tend to I tend to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tend to, I mean, you know, the D League tight ends. Uh, I, I tend to think that, yeah, like, you know, I t- agree with everything you said. I think it's pretty clear that tight end is one of the most difficult positions to develop in the league. I think the Cowboys clearly have something about it that they're they're good at identifying and developing these guys i i have a feeling that eventually that tr- that you know that that train is going to run out and yeah. they they, yeah. they should hold on to a one of these versatile 
uh, tight ends like Schultz, who, you know, he can be your tight end too, but he can also do a ton of different stuff for you. That has value, especially since there's, you know, uh, a cost and an investment in, in creating these guys and, and developing them to the point where they're useful. So uh, it might be worth it to see what he, what he wants. And, and, you know, who knows, like, honestly, after last year, teams may be looking for, and there's a, there's a dearth of, of good tight ends in this league. So teams may be looking for a guy like Schultz and, and maybe willing to pay more than the Cowboys are willing to pay to, to keep him. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action on Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Lena, this is a, a really good question from Cameron. Who will be the Cowboys' top three sack leaders in order? Oh. Because I don't right, think gonna... this is, number one's not as easy as you think, right? No, it's not. Um, I'm going to go with Randy Gregory. It's number I, one. Yep. yep. Um, and I, I think DeMarcus Lawrence will be two. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's go Neville Gallimore, maybe. That was my thought. And then I thought about the Cowboys are probably going to rotate him at, in a ton with Tristan Hill and Odigizua. Maybe. So I'll go Micah Parsons. I think the Cowboys are going to be creative. Parsons was, Parsons, Parsons was right? my th- next thought, yeah. It, it, sure. You know, the thing is, that I'm actually thinking about the number, right? Because I think Gregory can get close to double digits. I think Lawrence will be close to double digits as well. If Micah could get like seven sacks, which I don't think is all that realistic considering he's I was, going to blitz a ton. Yeah, I was going to say five or six. Yeah, I was, that, that's so I think that's realistic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be – there'll be times where he'll get – a couple, you know, unblocked sacks or blitzing sacks. I, I think that's very realistic. So five, six, seven sacks probably gets him inside the top three. Uh, I like that. All right, let's get to a, a, another question. Um, give us this one's from Zay. Give us a breakout candidate on both sides of the ball, Layden. Hmm. Well, uh, on offense, I mean, just because it hadn't happened yet, um, Blake Jarwin. You know, like technically, I mean, he's just been kind of the breakout in waiting for several seasons in a row. But I think, you know, one year because of opportunity, one year because of injury, uh, uh, several years because of opportunity and one year because of injury. Um, So I think this is uh, certainly the year for him to try to come out and and have the year that we've been waiting for him to have a couple of years. Uh, and on defense, I mean, you know, look, Randy Gregory, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, because simply he he hasn't quite had the, the blowout season that everyone has expected. I think this is the off season that he, the first time he's had a full, you know, a back end of a season and then an off season to lead into a new season. Um, and I think that there's going to be a, a huge uh, uh de- you know developmental jump from him we've mm-hmm. seen him come in with like no almost no practice and you know come in and, and play good football i can't wait to see what he does with you know with a little bit more training with an off season and you know just hearing dan quinn talk about him i mean he's clearly thrilled about getting an opportunity to work with him 
Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited. It seems like, you know, the, the rest of the national media has forgotten about Randy Gregory or, uh, is underestimating what he can do, I think, because, you know, out of sight, out of mind, probably. But if you go watch what he was able to do in individual games, I mean, he looks like a guy who is ready to go and, and ready to kind of take that next step, despite having played so little football these first few years of his career. That's a great call. I'm going to go with two different guys. Um, what about Tyler Biotish? Because last year, Biotish was coming off an injury going into training camp. There was no mini camp. There was no OTAs. There was no rookie mini camp. He wasn't even really the starter, right? Because Joe Looney started yep. the season. Biotish had to come in halfway through the year, played fairly well, and then he got hurt. It was just a weird year for Biotish. But now it sounds like he's healthy. He's entrenched as a starter. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a significantly better Tyler Biotish in year two. You know, after getting some experience under his belt, kind of learning about this offense. And now it also is going to help, I think, I think you're going to get a healthy Zach Martin again. Connor yeah. Williams, you know, playing that next to him, I think that'll help. I just think he's going to be much better. And then on defense, what about what about Bradley and I? Because I think it was was a he's a guy that I thought about. What, was it Mike McCarthy that kind of specifically mentioned Bradley and I about using him in certain packages and stuff and trying to get those guys on the field? Like, it sounds it was Quinn, like but yeah. Quinn, was it Dan Quinn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they they are interested in trying to find a role for Bradley and I because they're going to need pass rush help, and I think he can provide that. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing with the Nye is is how does he make? We know how he'll be used on the football field on Sundays, if he can make the team, the question is how do you, how do you fit that guy on, on your team, you know, to function as a part of the 53 man roster. It's tough to get a guy who is just a pass rush specialist. Uh, he, he needs to do more. So it'll be interesting to see in the in training camp, you know, how is he, how is he playing the run? Does he play some linebacker? Does he, uh, does he, how does he, where is he on special teams? Is he on a bunch of the special teams? Uh, because I think those are the ways that you see him, you know, at least five or at least them, them putting on him on those special teams. Is there a way of saying, Hey, we're trying to find a role, a way for this guy to be on the roster because we know that he has in game value as a pass rusher. I like it. All right. Well, let's get one more question here. This one is from Jake. Who will be a player that was on last year's roster that you believe won't make the team this year? Hmm. I mean, I got, there's one. Already, I got one. There's already lots. So you go first and let me think about it for a sec. This one really hurts me to say. What about Reggie Robinson? Wow. You think it's, uh, you, you well, think it's, he's you, you look at the numbers, right? And like how many corners are they going to carry with? Trevon Diggs, Kelvin Joseph, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Nashawn Wright, CJ Goodwin. Right? That's six already. Is Reggie Robinson going to be the seventh? Yeah, I mean, I would love him to be, but I, I just don't know if that's very real, realistic right now. I mean, there's just there's a lot of numbers at those positions. That's the other thing too. Is so it is very kind of difficult to to parse, you know, who who that guy would be. I mean, I, I would go with someone like, you know, Darian Thompson. Or, that's you such know, an I, easy one. Though. Some of those guys, they know they're not making the team. It's like I, saying I, Cooper Rush. I, I'm going to say Cooper Rush does not make this team. All right, how about Hunter Nis- Niswatlander? <laughs> Well, that's another easy one. I, I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I think I would be shocked if Darian Thompson makes it. I just wanted a more bold call from you. Come on, Landon. You got to be better than that. I, how about Richard Robinson? <laughs> how about no. Dak Prescott? <laughs> Have I gone too far the other way? I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, look, look, it's 
it's it, first of all, it, it's not a surprise if we're guessing it before training camp. Well, right? I, I like, think I think your guess of like a couple weeks ago, like Noah Brown not making the team, I think that would be mildly shocking. But we have talked about it. But I, that's somebody I could see. Yeah, I mean, I think. It, being on the team last year is not much of a of a no. <laughs> indication that you're going to be on the team this year. I, I wouldn't imagine just because last year's team was so bad. So uh, obviously the easiest choice are, are the guys that kind of I mentioned that are down roster guys who are fighting uphill battles anyways. Um, you know, someone that, you know, would be surprise cuts would be it's it's it's. The Cowboys have a roster constructed in such a way that, like, there are very few players that would be surprise cuts, yeah. you know, it, because there's just a lot of players that are in competition. And when you're in competition for a spot, I mean, you know, it's it's 50-50 whether you, you make it or not. So. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, eight guys that were on the team last year get cut. Like, we mentioned Noah Brown, um, Sean McEwen, who was the fourth tight end last year. Yeah, surprised if he has to make the team. Uh, some of the defensive ends that were maybe on the bottom end of this roster, that wouldn't be shocking at all. Uh, even some of the linebackers, right? Like, it, would it be shocking, Landon, if Luke Gifford and both, or, you know, Luke Gifford and Francis Bernard aren't on this team this year? It wouldn't shock me at all. If the Cowboys are wanting to get faster and they just want to move on. So I, I do think there's going to be a high number of those guys that were on the team last year that won't be on it this year. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't don't disagree. I think there's a lot there's a reason they intentionally went through a lot of turnover to try to make the team better and and the result of that is that players from last year are going to get cut. All right, let's uh take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN20 and you'll get 20% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. Also want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, we have a, a lot of really good questions here, and we're going to kind of take some time over the next couple of weeks to actually answer some of these questions. Uh, but we, we've got a, a very pressing question that we got to get to from Paul. Oh, boy. Are stacked or piled nacho, nachos better than individual portion nachos? This, this is the big debate in the questions when I uh, when I asked it. Yeah, I know. That's why. That's why. Yeah, uh, I prefer individual nachos, but I but I don't hate stacked nachos. So I, well, I don't want to make this a war. So what, are, what, are, what are on your California what? nachos there, Lynn? <laughs> what are you talking about? I was born and raised in Texas. So please, you're, you're from Pennsylvania. Don't even try Avocados. to talk to me about nachos, sir. Uh, yeah, like I, I think that both nachos are are excellent. I. I prefer individualized nachos, but I mean, there is absolutely nothing wrong with stacking. All right, nachos. so so give me the ideal nacho setup. Oh man, let's see. Uh, you get some, you get some beans, you get some cheese, you get some lettuce, you get some sour cream, you get some guacamole, uh, some ha- sliced jalapenos. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want to throw some beef on there or some chicken, that's probably pretty yeah. good too. Um, that's what I like. You, you know, you that, those are good for sure. On. The most important part is the cheese, right? You got to get the right kind yep. of cheese. You got to go with some queso, and then you shred that. You have some of the shredded cheese on top, uh, but you don't want your chips to get soggy, right? So you mm-hmm. don't want to put on the cheese too early. That's that's really the last step to to get a nice crispy chip with the cheese nice and hot because nobody wants a soggy nacho. That's right. I agree. Nobody likes soggy nachos. So you got to make sure the, the chips are crisp, mm-hmm. uh, the cheese is melted, and that the the, uh, the sides, the extras, don't take away from the source of the bean cheese co- yeah. uh, chip combo. Now, now that we're getting into this, are you a corn tortilla person or are you a flour tortilla chip? Um, for Well, for, for nachos? For nachos, um, yes. I think for I think corn tortillas for, really? for, for nachos. Yeah. I, I mean, I like both types of, of tortillas, but for different things, I think. I see. Right? I kind of like the I, the flour tortillas have less of a taste, and I, it's almost like I'm using that, that chip just to to taste everything else. I don't want too much of the corn taste coming through my on my nachos. I get you. I get you. Okay, that's fair. We tackled a very very important topic here in the Lockdown Towers podcast. So so make sure you continue to send us these pressing issues. <laughs> Uh, that we will, you know, we'll solve and we'll fix our country this way, Landon. By that's right, one, one, one nacho recipe at a <laughs> one, time, <laughs> one problem at a time here on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. That's so, right. uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to follow the show on YouTube. Uh, you can follow uh, us on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.